Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast to Sober Chicks. That's what happens when you start thinking about what you're going to say at the same time that you're actually speaking something else. Hi, how are you? Today is May 13th. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about holding feelings at the same time. I personally do not agree with that statement. You can only have faith or fear. Um, Or you know what the best way to fear is? Faith. I agree with that, but I also have been taught that I can hold many feelings at the same time. I can have faith and also feel fear. I mean, if we understand emotionally what bittersweet feels like, that's a combination of happiness and sadness or joy and sorrow. So if we can do that with those feelings, why can't we do it with other things? You can feel excited and nervous at the same time. Um, I mean, falling in love is like usually a combination of excitement and hope and fear and trepidation, right? So this morning, and why this came to me is this has been a topic of discussion with a couple of women in my recovery group, because they, as well as myself, often feel like, well, I'm doing something wrong if I do have faith and I still feel fear. Or if I'm not all in one camp about how I feel, then I have to work to make sure I put all of my heart in one camp. And we're not that simple of a being. We're complex creatures. So often I feel way more comfortable in black and white, a black and white world, as if there was such a thing. But the truth of the reality of living is that we are often existing in shades of gray. So this morning, I woke up to a text from my landlord saying, (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing, that due to the COVID pandemic, they have to sell and I have to sign some kind of paper. (laughs) Now, two years ago, I got a text from my landlord that indicated they might be considering selling and I fucking fell apart because for me, threatening my security is the worst thing you can do for me. I'm, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I am a six. So security is of the utmost importance to me as it is to many of us. But to threaten my well-being that way in the past will typically lead me to fall to pieces. And I'm laughing because have I ever made progress? And what I attribute it to is in large part how I have both my feet in both my religious and spiritual life, which is possible. So the 12-step program syncs up really well with my faith because the 12-step program, unless you're in the agnostic 12-step program, you are hopefully firmly rooted in surrendering your will and your life to God and letting go and letting God and really relying on your higher power. So um, I know that I'm not going to be out on the street. I know that God has his eye on me at every moment of the day. And as long as I trust him, it doesn't mean I won't go through hard times, but I truly believe that I'm going to be okay. So I have faith in God, but I also have a high degree of faith in myself that I will be okay. My therapist once said to me, 
that she wishes all of the people she worked with could get to that point because that's a real gift. I didn't know that. But she said the ability to face life and say, no matter what, I'm going to be okay is a big deal. So I know, I know I'm going to be okay. Um, <laughs> and so we will see how to proceed going forward. Uh, my brother, actually, I spoke to him because he's an expert on all things tenant and landlord because he was a tenant for a long time and now he's been a landlord. And he said something which actually rubbed me the wrong way in terms of program. And bless his heart because he's, I call him my big little brother because he's actually two years younger than me. But he he's like a big brother to me too. He, he really wants to protect me and I adore him. He said, you could drag this out for two years. Like according to the Landlord-Tenant Act, this is what has to happen, which takes months. And especially because of COVID, A, you cannot be evicted. But B, courts are backed up and you could drag this out. And the program in me said, no, like I don't want to cause anybody grief or pain or heartache or suffering. And I certainly don't want to exist in limbo for two years. I wouldn't feel good about that. Protecting my emotional sobriety is very important to me. And anything that threatens that, that makes me uneasy is dangerous for me because let's face it, after 10 years of being in recovery, drinking is not a problem for me anymore. But it's my emotional and mental state that will lead me down that road. So I don't know where this is going to end. Um, I haven't responded to the text yet because, not because I'm emotional, I just want to sit with it for a little bit. And that being said, I thought maybe we would see what the magic of the language of letting go might give us on this lucky number 13. So let's see. That was my share for the day and now we do a reading. No, no, no. Oh my God. Oh my good Lord. What the hell? I swear this book is magical. It's called Property Lines. <sighs> okay. May 13th, Property Lines. A helpful tool in our recovery, especially in the behavior we call detachment, is learning to identify who owns what. Then we let each person own and possess his or her rightful property. If another person has an addiction, a problem, a feeling, or a self-defeating behavior, that is their property, not ours. If someone is a martyr, immersed in negativity, controlling, or manipulative, that is their issue, not ours. If someone has acted and experienced a particular consequence, both the behavior and the consequence belong to that person. If someone is in denial or cannot think clearly on a particular issue, that confusion belongs to him or her. If someone has a limited or impaired ability to love or care, that is his or her property, not ours. If someone has no approval or nurturing to give away, that is that person's property. People's lies, deceptions, tricks, manipulations, abusive behaviors, inappropriate behaviors, cheating behaviors, and tacky behaviors belong to them too, not us. People's hopes and dreams are their property. Their guilt belongs to them too. Their happiness or misery is also theirs. So are their beliefs and messages. If some people don't like themselves, that is their choice. 
Other people's choices are their property, not ours. What people choose to say and do is their business. What is our property then? Our property includes our behaviors, problems, feelings, happiness, misery, choices, and messages. Our ability to love, care, and nurture. Our thoughts, our denial, our hopes, and dreams for ourselves. Whether we allow ourselves to be controlled, manipulated, deceived, or mistreated is our business. In recovery, we learn an appropriate sense of ownership. If something isn't ours, we don't take it. If we take it, we learn to give it back. Let other people have their property and learn to own and take good care of what's ours. Today, I will work at developing a clear sense of what belongs to me and what doesn't. If it's not mine, I won't keep it. I will deal with myself, my issues, and my responsibilities. I will take my hands off what is not mine. I want to sing something right now. Jesus, take the wheel. Can't help it. That last line made me sing that. I will take my hands off what is not mine. I feel like so many of us in recovery put our hands on stuff that is not ours. That sounds very suggestive, but you know what I mean. For someone like me, that is a huge relief, especially someone that wants to help other people when it's not my business to help other people. So I'm going to deal with the business of myself today. I'm going to work out at 1.30 via FaceTime with my trainer. I'm going to read. Um, I'm going to go into prayer just to make sure I feel comfortable in how I'm going to respond to my landlord's text. Um, Because really, oh yeah, this is why I started off the podcast. So right now I am feeling kind of like... a sense of humor over this text from my landlord. I'm also feeling a low level of anxiety that is making me want to distract myself with Instagram and texting people and uh, acting out of that place. So I have this sense of calm and this little bit of anxiety. So I'm going to walk with that today and know that it's okay to feel conflicting feelings about something. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It means I'm a human being afflicted with beautiful, painful humanity. So I wish you a good day. I wish you another 24 of recovery and sobriety. And if not, then do what we all say in the rooms. Just keep coming back.